This is Project Challenged with your host, Doug Lund, bringing the bareback D to Challenged, and Eric, the one, the only, original G. Hollis. There have been way too many pop culture announcements this week for us to catch up on, so Eric and I picked a few, and we're going to talk about those. And we're also going to get an update on what Eric is playing, and I personally cannot wait to hear about that. You know what? Let's start with this fucking weather. How you liking living in Colorado, Eric? <laughs> you know, purchasing an all-wheel drive car really pays off because I can get anywhere I need to go. But yeah, honestly, I, I'm not really surprised here, but this morning I got up to take my morning piss and I opened the window and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so not expecting this much snow in May, but it, you know what? It was all dry by like two o'clock this afternoon. Oh, has it stopped down there? Completely. It's nice outside. I'd go take a walk right now. It's still coming down like a motherfucker here. It's actually pretty nice here considering I woke up to uh, Winter Wonderland. You know what? I love Colorado. I wouldn't trade this for uh, for anything. We had such a weak winter. I guess this is kind of making up for it. Yeah. We had a weak winter. That's a good point. We got a late winter, I guess, is really what we got. So is this going to be the last snow? I thought the last one that we got, I think that was the one you drove up in was going to be our last snow. And that's been, what, a good month now? I was mowing the lawn on Tuesday. <laughs> and today it was all frozen. So, Oh, my God. That's the worst thing about spring snows for someone who really fucking hates yard work. For some reason, snow makes your lawn grow 10 times as fast as rain does. I don't know what it is, but that means that we're both going to be mowing again this weekend. Oh, uh, well, you know that's true in my case. So... I do have one question, though. Doug, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Why, Eric, thank you for asking. This evening, I am enjoying Ballast Points Unfiltered Sculpin. It's a limited release. You know I quite enjoy their regular Sculpin. It's an IPA. This one is labeled as an Extra Hop IPA. I don't see the IBUs on here. I'll look those up and throw them in the show notes. 7.0 alcohol by volume. Honestly, I can't tell the difference between the unfiltered Sculpin and the regular Sculpin. Do you like it? Is it good? Yeah, like I said, you know I really like the Sculpin. I guess it might taste a little hoppier, but that could just be my brain knowing that because it has the word extra hopped in front of IPA on it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good. I like it. Um, no better or less than the regular Sculpin, though. What about you, brother? What are you drinking? I am drinking Boulder Beer Company's Hola Maria, and it is a Mexican-style ale, so I guess it's basically their Corona, and it tastes like their Corona. A Mexican-style ale. So it's not like a gose, it's just a, an ale. It's just a, and you can, I'll show you the can here. I mean, this really helps the podcast audience, but it's a very, uh, very festive-looking can. It does. It looks more Jamaican on the can than it does Mexican, though. And just going by color scheme. Colors, definitely, but like it's maracas and it's called Ola Maria. I don't think it's a Jamaican beer. And it says Mexican-style ale, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah. I actually knew that before you said it because of the faces that you were making. I can see you unlike our listeners. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great. In fact, maybe it needs a, a glass and a lime. Or maybe I need to drink it out of a bottle and put a lime into it. That's normally how I would enjoy a Mexican beer. And I don't have any nachos or, or burritos here, so maybe that's what I need too. But no, nah, this isn't a I, – I will not buy this again. And Boulder Beer Company makes great beers. I, I picked it because it was them. But this uh, this is not hitting the mark for me tonight. In fact, I'm going to have to go with like a uh, – God, man, I hate to say it, but like a 1.8. A 1.8 out of 5. I guess I should rate mine too, huh? Yours sounded a, lot, a little tastier, but it sounded similar to something you've had before. Yeah, I was expecting it to be sufficiently different for it to merit the limited release on the bottle, but uh, it's really not. That being said, it's still very good. So I'm going to take the point two that you left on the table there and add it to my rating and give Ballast Points Unfiltered Sculpin a 4.2 out of 5. Nice. I'm going to have to figure out what to do with this. Uh, I will finish this can on principle. But I might have to cook with the rest of the beer. I don't know. It's not good. Well, like we said earlier, we're going to be mowing our lawns this weekend. 
there's a time and a place for something like a Corona and a Takati. And one of them is when it's hot outside and you just got done mowing the lawn and you want something that you can just drink the whole can in one gulp. And, and a Mexican beer fits that scenario very well. That's a good idea, Doug. Maybe I'll bring these up to your house and you can enjoy them while you're mowing the lawn. Whatever you want to do, man. Just tell Tyler that it's really good and let him drink them. Then when he tells you about how much he liked him, we can make fun of him. It's a good idea. <laughs> There's fifth grade Doug coming out. Also known as 41-year-old Doug. <laughs> it's the same Doug. This morning we also woke up not only to snow, but Chris Cornell is dead. And throughout the afternoon, I guess it's been confirmed he committed suicide. Yeah. I hate hearing things like this when, you know, he was playing a show probably last weekend. He played a show last night. Last night? Yes. And then killed himself. In My Time of Dying was the very last song that he played 12 hours before his body was found. I don't think I have the vocabulary. I mean, how do you even explain that? I don't think it can be explained. I think people can speculate all they want, but no one will really understand the headspace of, of someone as ridiculously talented and who seemingly had an idyllic life. Um, and why they decide to take their own is not something that I think we really can understand. I think if you are in a place where you think you can, then you should probably seek help. And I guess Chris didn't, and he had a long career both behind him and I think ahead of him. Sure, 52 he had plenty of miles left in him if, you know, people like Steven Tyler or Mick Jagger are, are any example. And so it's sad. And uh, I guess as we get older, Doug, we're going to see more and more of our heroes and people we respect and people who played some great music that we enjoyed pass. It's what's going to happen. This one was very unexpected, though. Right. And the fact that it was uh, at his own hand, I think, is probably the most shocking I don't know a lot about Chris Cornell in his personal life. I know he battled drugs, much like many of his contemporaries. I mean, that's something that's always just gone hand in hand with being a, a rock musician, unfortunately. But in interviews, he always seemed to be really well put together. Uh, he's well spoken. He's a smart guy. I know that there is no common criteria to suicide victims, but he's one that definitely you say, oh, no, that, that doesn't make any fucking sense, you know, versus, yeah, I could kind of see that coming. Did you get to see him with both of his bands? I only saw him with Soundgarden, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, I got the pleasure to, to do both, and great performer, great musician. Anyway, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. Fuck, man. Agreed. Rest in peace. Our hearts go out to the family and friends and all of the fans. All the fans that uh, are going to miss that. I, I just wish, you know, I mean, Robin Williams was the same way for me. It's like, dude, you're one of the funniest motherfuckers that ever lived. Why kill yourself? I wish I had some kind of response to that. I got nothing. It's just fucking tragic. Let's stay in the trenches here for a little bit before we move on to the more uplifting topics, because I know there's something that you need to get off your chest. Yeah. Can I please make a fucking political joke on Facebook without all of my friends getting into fights? Was this over the, the JFK joke? The JFK joke, which uh, I was very proud to say, I'm sure they didn't take it from me. But four hours later, it was already in a meme. So it's probably parallel thinking, but I was very proud. I was like, okay, I was on the same page with somebody today. I thought it was a good joke. Number one, it was the first thing that came into my head when I read that quote from Trump. No pun intended. No pun intended. I ran it past my SJ crew. You guys all seemed to think it was fine. And I put it up on Twitter. Eric, it's an amazing joke. It's a good joke, right? I was proud of it as a joke. I did not intend for all of my friends on social media to start fighting. And it's not about the joke that I told. It all becomes because the joke was about Trump. Then it becomes about him. I'm not going to go on a political soapbox tonight, but Jesus fucking Christ, can you just appreciate it was a goddamn joke? And come on, what Trump said, I'm the most unfairly treated political person in history. No, I mean, JFK. Nelson Mandela, like there's a few people that come to fucking mind. Wasn't William McKinley shot in fucking office? Reagan got fucking shot. I mean, come on. As much shit as you take from the media, you bring a lot of it on your fucking self. So don't say you're the worst treated in history. That's a very bold statement. And this is really the point of your joke. 
the reason that it's so easy to make fun of him or to make him the butt of so many jokes is because he talks in hyperbole constantly. I mean, it's always the biggest this and the most this. And when he decides to make a public statement like, I am the most whatever of all time, fuck yeah, you better expect to be called out. And I think you did it in a hilarious manner. Eric, I have not seen the dialogue that resulted from that. Did it get heated? It gets a little heated, and I'm not going to put any more fuel on that fire. All I have to say is this. If I, for the first time in my life, am concerned about our country and the people that are leading it, you guys should be worried. And if I'm not allowed to make fun of the person that's in office, is this really fucking America? (laughs) Like, So fuck all of you that didn't get it. If you spent time writing paragraphs on my joke... Let those paragraphs be either funny or creative or, you know what, send your mom a fucking email. You're going to be more productive than you would be writing a bunch of bullshit on my Facebook page. And that is it. Let's go on to Amber Heard as Mira in Aquaman because she looks pretty good. Yeah, a decent offset to the other shit we had to deal with online today. Yeah, that was one thing. uh, When I was doing show notes tonight, I started looking through... And that's one thing that popped up from some of the sites I go to. And it's, uh, she looks very good. What did not look good, did you watch the trailer for Gifted, the new X-Men series coming to Fox? I did. I know that your opinion is going to be on the negative side. I actually thought it looked sufficiently different from everything else that's on TV to at least merit a a first season try. I'm going to watch it, but it looks like almost every X-Men movie iteration we've seen, there's no question that Brian Singer directed that. I mean, it's his fingers are all over it. What happened is Legion has completely spoiled me to the point that I want to see the property taken in a direction I haven't seen in the comics. And it looks like we're getting the standard mutant discrimination storyline, which I've read a hundred times in the pages of X-Men. I mean, will I watch it? Yeah. Was I blown away by it? No. I honestly, if you want to put them back to back, I like the Black Lightning trailer a little better than the Gifted trailer. Black Lightning. I can't think of a more blaxploitation... How do you phrase that? A blaxploitation-styled trailer? Trailer? Title? You're going to have to check me here on the facts, but I'm going to guess that this character manifested sometime in the 70s? Dude, the Justice League we used to watch, Black Lightning was on. Right. Do you think his origin is the 70s? Oh, yeah, I would bet $100. It's 70s or 60s, right? We have to look that up. That's a good question. We should look that up. I don't know much about Black Lightning. I know he's DC. I know him from the, uh, meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice cartoon. But they also had an Asian dude there that could make tornadoes or, like, tsunamis or whatever. The 70s, you know, it's a lot of racist superheroes in that era. What was his name? The Yellow Twister? No, God, what was he called? You remember, though. He looked like uh, Mr. Miyagi. No, I can picture him in cartoon form. Was he in a cartoon? Yeah, he was in Justice League, the original Justice League. Oh, like you just said? Yeah, like I just told you. Meanwhile. (laughs) At the Hall of Justice. Who is that narrator? That's another thing we should look up. That guy's great. He is. I do not know the answer to that question. I don't even think I've ever gone looking for it before. So racist name aside, you were digging the vibe that got laid down in the Black Lightning trailer. I'll watch it. I think it had a very Luke Cage vibe. I think the suit looks terrible. Here's my problem with Black Lightning. You've got a very positive black character, but you have to do the uh, the gang storyline. Is that what the black podcasters are saying right now? Because I think they probably should be. Like, I made a Boys in the Hood joke as soon as that trailer came on because of the shot that they had. Why does that have to be the story with the black superhero? Why does the black superhero always have to come from the ghetto? It could just be that his origin story from the comic book had something to do with that, and it was still compelling enough to be done. Plus, they figured, well, if we're going to keep the racist name, maybe we should keep the racist theme. I mean, didn't they even try to do Will Smith as a black superhero, and he was still from... You remember that flick with him and Charlize Theron? Yeah. What was that called? It was called... uh, uh, It was his name. It was his first name. Yeah. I thought it was great. I loved that movie. And it was because, like Legion, it was so different than any other superhero movie. Fuck, Eric, what the fuck was it called? I cannot remember. It's like, fuck. Jason Bateman's in it? Yeah, wasn't that Jason Bateman's kind of like return to the big screen? I think so. 
You know who does know? Hancock. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm slipping in my old age. That's okay. You got there. You just need a little time. It takes me a little time now, man. Movie titles and our sex lives pretty much follow that theme these days. <laughs> I agree with you on both fronts. I guess in summation, I can say that I'll give it a shot, but I don't know that someone that can control static jives with my idea of a superhero. All right. <laughs> I just got that and that was terrible, but uh, I'm not going to explain it. Star Trek Discovery. We actually get a Star Trek series coming out this year, only on CBS All Access, which pisses me off. And Netflix. Oh, it is on Netflix? I think Netflix picked it up also. And the only reason I know that is because when I was watching the trailer, there was a Netflix logo down in the bottom right. And I didn't know that either because I thought it was only going to be a, a CBS All Access property. So will we get it on Netflix to binge or will we get the episodes weekly after they show on CBS All Access? How does How is this going to work? Netflix is going one episode at a time. Interesting. I think the reason that they're doing this is probably at CBS behest, if I had to guess. They want to make this property available worldwide. CBS is not available worldwide. Netflix, of course, as an internet streaming service is. Well, at least I get to watch it now, even though I don't think it looks amazing. I thought the Klingon design had a lot to be uh, desired. And I'm going to go total fucking nerd here. The design of the Starfleet logo, the one that we all know now, was not around 10 years before Kirk and Spock. That design originated on the Enterprise and then was adapted by Starfleet. So there's a, there's why you listen to the podcast right there, fucking nerd life. And I didn't come up with that theory on my own. I read it through someone I trust uh, very heavily, but he knows his shit. So. so this is kind of the upside down V with one leg kind of fatter than the other. You're saying that that originally was meant to represent the Enterprise ship or the crew, like, or it was unique to that ship? Unique to the Enterprise. And then Starfleet adapted it. That's some pretty deep geek shit right there. I'll call him out here. He'll never hear this. But Devin Faraki, a writer I've trusted for years that unfortunately is not writing as much anymore because of some shit that happened to him, but never agree with him. Or I'd say I agree with him 50% of the time, but he's an amazing film writer. Love his shit. And saw that in one of his posts. So fully giving credit. Not my theory. But I didn't think the show looked great. However, I did get a little goosebumpy when the theme kicked on in the end. So, you know, I'm going to watch it. I had the same reaction. I think I'm a little more excited about this. It's interesting that the trailer that we watched focus on the two female, I guess you would call them leads. You see, what, Isaacs, Jason Isaacs, for maybe a second or two. All of the action and the trailer specifically are centered around uh, Yao and uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. I think they picked some great actors and actresses. You know I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it until I don't want to. I know you don't watch The Walking Dead. Have you seen Green in anything else? I don't think so. Not only is she ridiculously hot, but she can carry an entire episode by herself. I've seen her do it two or three times on The Walking Dead. Well, I'm excited. We get this this fall, so I'm assuming September? Autumn is all we know so far. I don't think they've said one way or the other, but dude, it was originally supposed to ship in January, so who fucking knows? Everything Star Trek gets delayed. After uh, the Discovery trailer, a trailer for the Orville came up and I'm not a big Seth MacFarlane fan, but John Favreau's name popped up. I stayed watching. Favreau kept me the next 15 seconds. I guess it's a parody of Star Trek, but I think they're just taking that genre and making a really good comedy about it. I laughed twice in the trailer. I'm going to watch that too, man. I'm going to have to give it a shot too. I am a MacFarlane fan, mostly for Family Guy and Ted. I don't typically like the things that he appears as an actual actor in, you know, something that's not animated or <laughs> or CGI. That's rare, though. Like, besides that Western movie, what else has he been in as an actor? That was fucking terrible. A Hundred Ways to Die in the West? Is that what it was called? I made it about 50 minutes through it. And there was some good jokes in there, but not enough to salvage a movie. Eric, there is something else that I've seen him in. It came out before... 100 Ways to Die in the West, and now I can't remember what it is. I don't think he has the same presence when you can see his weird face that he does when he's behind the guise of animation. Yeah, but don't you think he might be perfect to play 
uh, Starfleet captain, if you will. And I know he is a huge Star Trek fan. In fact, when he hosted the Oscars, he opened with him and Shatner talking on the bridge of the Enterprise. Right. Isn't a fan the best person to make fun of something that they love? Absolutely, I agree. Because they're going to write the deep jokes that the other fans get. I mean, granted, they're only going to be funny to a quarter or fraction of your viewership, but that's what makes a good show. That's the shit that turns even non-Star Trek fans into into actual Star Trek fans from watching a parody of something like that, because then they have to go back and, and watch this shit to figure out why that joke was so funny to begin with so they can keep up with their uber nerd friends. <laughs> I think it looks great. Looking forward to that. I spent this whole week pretty much playing only one game. Something took me off of uh, Forza, and it took me off of Zero Dawn. That's because Injustice 2 came out, and it is fucking amazing. It's a fighting game, and you can play with your friends. You can play online, all the traditional modes of a fighting game. But it has a very deep single-player gear system where you can not only get gear that improves the attributes of your character, but also improves your character aesthetically. And I'm not talking about just color schemes here. I'm talking about full different S's for Superman and Supergirl's chest, full different Batman outfits, completely different characters like a Power Girl skin for Supergirl or a reverse Flash skin for the Flash. It's like a Diablo loot system, if you will, like different pieces of gear and your character has to be a certain level and there's a full single player tower mode like Mortal Kombat where there's different challenges and shit to do every hour. It's a deep ass fighting game. I haven't even mentioned the fact that if you're a DC fan, you got to be playing this. I mean, when are you ever going to get to play with Gorilla Grodd or Captain Cold or Blue Beetle, Dr. Fate? When are you going to get to play with these characters? Never on their own titles. I can't gush enough about Injustice 2. I fully see it making my top 10 of the year list. So I've shuffled my feet a little bit on this one, mostly because I'm deep in the throes of Horizon Zero Dawn at this point, and I tend to only play one thing at a time, so I'll probably finish that before I pick up Injustice 2. Hopefully you're still playing at that point. As someone who's not played the game, walk me through it. So you've got a standard fighting mode. We know that one. What else can we do? Is there a story mode? Both Injustice games have had a story mode. So did uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC. Yeah, and that'll it'll probably take you about four hours to get through that, maybe a little bit more. But then the tower mode I'm talking about, and you never played Mortal Kombat X single player, did you? I actually did play Mortal Kombat X, yes. Okay, so imagine the tower mode where there's different towers, different challenges, different parameters. Like, I played a tower earlier today. Well, it's a planet here where I couldn't use any superpowers. So it was a full melee brawl. I played a tower where I could call John Constantine by hitting up on my D-pad, and he'd light the enemy I was fighting on fire. Nice. The variables are endless. But there's different tower challenges that are each timed. Again, one's available for an hour, one's a 12-hour, one's available for 24 hours. And you get different things and different rewards. You get boxes to open that are random, like packs of cards when we were kids that give you random gear for whatever character, like Overwatch style. Jesus, but it sounds like on a much faster pace if they're only available for hours at a time. Hours at a time. So you'll play like either uh, three, five, or eight people, you know, straight through. Or there's boss towers too that you can fight. Your characters, each DC character you have, and I think there's 24, have their own level bar, their own gear. So when you go to versus mode online you're not going to be able to use this gear that bumps you up. But when you're playing against your buddies, like me and you playing, yeah, dude, I've got armbands that do plus 10 damage. I've got gear that does plus 11 health. So between your friends, like the people you really want to play fighting games with, even if your friends whip your ass, it's fucking great. Like it's, it's got like, the only way I can describe it is Diablo. It's got that kind of gear system, but with a great fighting system. And uh, NetherRealm makes fucking amazing games. I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan, so I'm, I'm really biased. But I mean, there's even a mode where you can program your fighters with gear to fight your friends' fighters without even playing while like you're at work. Oh my god, tell me about that. So you build like a pre-made team. Of your characters that you play single player with too. Like these aren't like separate. So, like, I can have Supergirl fighting behind me on the screen, Doug, and she can be leveling up, or not so much. But, like, yeah, you're fighting, like, Jacob can pick three fighters. You could pick three fighters. 
I could pick three fighters. We would match up and the AI would play us. Okay, so can you only employ that mechanic against your Xbox game friends or, or will it battle up against everyone that's playing online? Anyone. Now, you can't program it. Well, you probably could. You can't make it like I can't have it going behind me constantly. When the match is over, I have to hit the button to confirm that it's over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't have it going. But right now, my team is out there somewhere in the Internet. So when I came home from work today, I had been beaten three times by other assholes. Yeah. I can sit here and spam all night if I want. I guess I could tape the A button down. No. You can't? Even if you could, don't. I will warn you right now that Microsoft pays very close attention to shit like that, and they will ban your account if they detect any kind of cheating. They are all over that shit, and they should be. I love the fact that they are. Is that really cheating? If it results in you being able to earn gear faster and level up your shit faster with no actual effort required on your part, yeah, that's fucking cheating. But how much real effort is there when I sit here and just press the A button between rounds, grab a beer, listen to music? I'm not really playing. No, but you're paying attention. That's true, I am. Ish. I mean, you could be doing something else, but I like that they at least required some kind of interaction with it. And I guarantee you some asshole will figure out a way around it. In fact, I would bet 100 bucks that it's already been done, and I would warn anyone that's thinking about doing something like that to uh, maybe reconsider, because that's how you get your live account banned, and sometimes they don't let you get it back. And oh, I've already seen people that are like player level 40, level 20 fighters. And I was playing since launch night. I was playing at 10 the night it came out. Yeah, but you have a job. That's true. I did have to go to work the next morning and the day after that. <laughs> Every time I forget that when I bring a beer up here to the loft so that I have a backup, as soon as it warms up, I pop that fucking top and it just goes everywhere. That's the second episode in a row that I've soaked my crotch recording Project Challenge. <laughs> Just to kind of finalize Injustice, um, I've been playing since Monday night, and like Doug says, I do have a job. I still haven't played with every character yet. I've focused in on one or two or three, and I've been rocking them. The game is so deep. I don't know if you should buy it, Doug, because like racing games, you're not really into fighting games. Well, it doesn't matter if I'm into it or not. The boys. My boys will both want to play it, and... Connor's got a birthday coming up next week. Big 16. I can almost guarantee you. I, in fact, I can tell you exactly how this is going to go, Eric. You're going to be up here on Sunday. I will so be. we're going to load this shit up and play it. And Connor's going to fall in love with it. And uh, he's going to end up getting that as probably an early birthday gift. <laughs> you need to buy him Nio. Yeah? Nio on the PS4. If I could recommend a game to your son, it would be that. Well, he uh, finished Uncharted and loved it. And he'll be playing Horizon Zero Dawn next, I'm guessing. Would you recommend Nio before Horizon? I guess you know my boy's gamer style is better than I do. I wouldn't say that, but for him, after playing something like Uncharted, I think Nio would be a good break. It's it's Dark Souls Samurai. He'll love it. Shit, get him both, man. He's 16, and he didn't ask you for a car. No, he didn't. He hasn't even asked me to learn how to drive yet, but he doesn't have a fucking choice anymore. He's going to have to learn this summer. Yeah, man, just so you don't have to, you know. Have we talked about this before? Why kids don't want fucking licenses nowadays? I don't know that we've talked about it on air. I know we've had this discussion before, and I've had it with a number of my colleagues, and it, it actually came up in my Vistage group today, too. What is it about this generation that's just not interested in driving? Were you not at the DMV before it opened? Like, you watched the fucking janitor sweeping up out front before they opened the doors to you walked in to take your license test? To get your license the second you could get it? I was. I failed my test, but uh, I was there. I remember begging one of my friends to let me borrow their car, and I skipped school for a few hours and drove down on my birthday and uh, took the, the driving test. Luckily, I did pass the first time, which was kind of shocking because I hadn't actually had a whole lot of time behind the wheel at that point. I didn't have a permit or, or anything. I just kind of learned to drive out in the boonies of the Kansas back roads whenever one of my friends would be stupid enough to let me drive their car and somehow managed to pass the driving test. Much like most of Kansas, it wasn't exceptionally challenging <laughs> to conform to the whatever that baseline is. But yeah, 16th birthday, Fully licensed. 
My dad found out a couple months later and got super fucking pissed at me because he's like, dude, don't you fucking know that as soon as you get your license, I have to put you on my USAA insurance and... Uh, no, dad, I didn't even think about that because I'm 16 and selfish as fuck, just like every other 16 year old. But yeah, tell me your story. How'd you get your driver's license, Eric? I got it the day after my 16th birthday because I did the whole test in my, uh, my Honda Accord, still one of my favorite cars I've ever had. And I did it perfectly, but I did the whole test with the fucking emergency brake on and the asshole failed me. I mean, what a dick, man. I parallel parked like it was fucking the textbook. I was all over that shit. And fucking asshole failed me. So I had to go back the next day. Uh, so I didn't get my driver's license on my 16th birthday. I got out of them the day after my fucking 16th birthday. Oh, I've never heard that story before. And I'm glad I got to hear it on air. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever told you that story before. My parents were pretty cool. But I had a car when I turned 16. And I could not wait to have a way to go to and from school, from high school. Yeah, it was a big deal. It basically equated to a level of freedom that um, we didn't have access to unless we had a vehicle. God, I'm not going to tell any of those stories on the podcast, but got a car was, how can you ask out a girl if you don't have a ride, man? Am I just old school here? Am I talking like Archie? How do you do that? I mean, granted, I'm not talking about underneath the bleachers finger banging. That gave you a step up, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. I completely agree. Just the ability to go where you wanted to go and do what you want to want to do. Was your car all decked out with skinny puppy stickers? Oh, my God, no. What did you drive? What was your first car? The first car that my dad bought me was a Ford Escort L. I called it the L. That was like the base model, the lowest model that you could get. Maybe that's what L stands for. I don't fucking know. But I fucking love that car because it was my first. It was a little four-speed. I could get that fucker a foot off the ground. I loved it. It was awesome. I drove it to the ground. I cracked the engine block, probably because I jumped it a foot off the ground. In Junction City, Kansas, in front of the police department at the time that I went to high school, there was a road that had two dips on either side of the intersection. And if you hit the first dip going like a good probably 45 miles an hour it was enough to like get your car up off the shocks so that you were kind of like riding high and then you hit the fucking second dip and it just kind of launched you but it was right fucking in front of the police department so you had to have balls to pull off that fucking jump we called it the wee wee street i don't know why because it scared the wee wee out of you or you just had to be fucking piss crazy in order to, to do that but it was fucking great i think the speed limit was 20 and you had to get up close to 50 to, to pull off the jump. And I think I did it a dozen times. I loved it. It was fucking great. Oh, my God. I miss being young and stupid sometimes. Why don't kids now want that freedom of a car? Is it because they know their parents can track them no matter where they go? So they might as well just get a ride? My theory is that one of the reasons we were so interested in being mobile is that so we could go hang out with our friends. And... They don't have to fucking leave the house to hang out with their friends. They do it on Xbox Live. They do it on Facebook, uh, FaceTime. I mean, there's a thousand different ways for them to communicate that we did not have. And I don't think they feel the urgency because they can satisfy the need for social interaction really without getting out of bed. I think that's a very good theory. I never even thought about it that way. But still, God, don't you want to drive a fucking car? I mean, granted, sometimes I hate it now. I like an open road. Driving up to see you, if there's no traffic, I love it. I speed like a motherfucker. It's great. But I can't imagine not wanting freedom. I think I'm a decent driver. I know almost everyone says that. I genuinely enjoy it. And I like going fast. And I like weaving in and out of traffic. I like driving in the snow. I'm one of the weird fucking creatures that will always volunteer to drive, provided that I haven't been drinking. It's just fucking awesome. What have you been playing? Besides Horizon Zero Dawn? I told you I didn't want to buy anything else, so I went fucking ghetto gamer styly this week, and I just went ahead and grabbed the titles from the PS4 and Xbox subscriptions. Uh, those are known as Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus, right? I still don't even pay attention to that shit. I meant to try a few of them. The only one that I actually had time to play was the uh, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. It's alright, I'll play it with you. Do you like it? It's okay. Like, I can see you and I drinking a couple beers one night and, and knocking out a couple levels. I'd rather play Diablo because that's all I could think of the whole time I was giving it a test run is, oh, that's kind of like Diablo. Oh, that's kind of like Diablo. Well, you know what does Diablo really well? Diablo. There you go. I'd rock it with you. 
It didn't feel like a Tomb Raider game to me. No, it's not at all. It's Tomb Raider license. And that's just it. It felt like a a cheap way to capitalize on the name. I won't say anything bad about it because I didn't see anything particularly bad about it. I think if it was trying to emulate Diablo, there are much worse games to try and and emulate. But if I'm going to play Diablo, then I'm just going to fire up the real fucking thing. And I'm going to do it on a PC where I've got my full keyboard to really maximize the experience. Speaking of uh, PC. What? Destiny. Blizzard. What do you think about that? That's really taking a, a turd and putting like a diamond ring in it. And so it's kind of tempting to pick it up. So I'm going to really lean on you here. Connor told me about this about 10 minutes before we jumped on and started recording tonight. My gut reaction, really the only reaction that I have is Blizzard doesn't touch anything that doesn't turn into an amazing fucking experience. I know that you had your problems with Destiny. I know that my boys also enjoyed playing it to some extent for a long time. The sequel, which for some reason I already thought was out, has been picked up for, is it PC distribution by Blizzard? Tell me more about this. I think it's PC distribution. But if Blizzard is supporting the title, that's all you need to tell me. I guess it depends on how that shakes out. Does that mean that they're actually helping with the development of it or that they're just going to help distribute it like through their Battle.net online platform? They're not developing it. The game is fucking done. It's coming out in September. All my friends were geeking out about it. I read it like you did. You talked to Connor. I read it on the way home. I was like, wait, Blizzard, Destiny? I was like, hang on. Those are two things. One, great. One, total shit. One needs the other. Destiny 1 was shit. We don't know much about Destiny 2 yet. And this would be my interpretation. Blizzard wouldn't attach itself to anything that it considered to be shit. What video game distributor or developer has higher standards than Blizzard? Is there one? Rockstar? Is higher, you think? Or equal to? I don't know about higher. Now, I'll give you this one. Blizzard is very fan-oriented. And I think that's why they've succeeded. So then... Could you fathom a scenario where Blizzard decided to uh, attach themselves to a game that it did not consider to meet its own standards? Probably not. What, do they have one game that no one really plays, Heroes of the Storm? Is that their MOBA? And By no one, you mean 40 million people? Is it really that many people? It is, which sounds like a lot until you compare it to something like League of Legends, which is like 100 million. So it is the Zune. Well, Eric, right now it's the Zune. But you and I both know that Blizzard does not put out a game and then sit back and go, oh, well, that fucking sucked. I promise you there are a team of developers that are obsessing over how to make that game just as good, if not better, than League of Legends. And they will chip away at the MOBA crowd until their game is considered to be at least as good. I promise you. It's been less than two years. League of Legends has been out for much longer than that, and Dota too. And it's kind of funny how this whole thing came about, because Dota was basically a Warcraft 3 mod that someone turned into really the first MOBA. And then Blizzard missed the boat on this one. They did not see that turning into its own space, which uh, pretty much, I mean, it owns esports. I mean, that's what people do. That's the top of the fucking mountain when it comes to esports are are MOBAs. But they're playing catch up. I also think that if anyone can do it, Blizzard can. It makes me sad about esports because I think that's why I'm not into it. Because I could care less about MOBAs and I could care less about competitive card games. That just tells me how big gaming is. That there's a whole another range of people out there that are into that shit. (laughs) Yeah. You and I aren't sitting around on the weekends watching MOBA tournaments, (laughs) you know? Honestly, Eric, I won't. I've got to the point now where I am watching the Overwatch championships. And I admit, there's sometimes I'll even sit down and watch some StarCraft 2 when they get into the later rounds and the the really good people show up and and start playing. It's actually a little entertaining. It's just like sports. If you get the right casters in there giving the commentary, it can turn into something pretty entertaining. Um, Otherwise, just like anything else, it's going to be shit. I don't know what point I was trying to make there because I'm almost three beers in now. You know, I said that uh, this game was not going to come out until 2018, and I'm here to eat crow and eat ass and eat a farting vigilante because South Park, I guess, is getting released October 17th. I already have it paid for. That's how much of a fan I was. In fact, the original game was my game of the year when it came out, I think, what, 2014? In fact, you and I, Doug, sat down and played the original uh, pretty much straight through together. By your grace, I think you told me that you had bought it the week before, 
brought it up to my pad, and that may have been the first game that I finished in several years and may have been directly responsible for setting me back onto the path of gaming. And we're getting South Park, The Fractured But Whole, (laughs) October 17th. One of those games that's going to slip in in the fall, and it's going to penetrate my top five. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had a chance to watch the trailer yet? I haven't watched the trailer because I don't want the jokes ruined, honestly. I know I'm going to buy it. I know I'm going to play it. The combat looks amazing. I can tell you that the trailer is spoiler-free. Really, the first half of it focuses on the farting mechanic. That's why they call it the farting vigilante is because they show all the different ways that you can use flatulence in the game. I don't consider that a spoiler. That's just game mechanics. And they don't really get into the storyline at all. Basically, some fart scenes and some cut scenes. It was really well put together to build some hype for a game that we're now getting in another five months, and I couldn't be fucking happier. And we're getting a new season of South Park, August? I haven't been paying attention to the date, but yeah, we'll get season 21 here, yeah, in the next couple months. They usually do release them in the summer, don't they? They do. And I'm glad Trey and Matt, I think they like writing video games. I think they enjoy this process. And I think the fact that this was delayed just shows that they're not going to turn out a product that they don't think is good. Love it. I don't think it's going to be crappy. And based on the bar that they set with the first game, I think those are the two guys, if you want to leap over a bar, they're doing it with their cocks in their hands, man. I mean, that's, I can't wait to fucking play it. You know it's going to be good. I do. And to our listeners who have not played the Stick of Truth, if you pre-order... The Fractured Butthole, not only do you get the Towelly special content, but you also get a copy of Stick of Truth, which you can play now. So why not go ahead and shell out your fucking dollars to get a game that's guaranteed to be fucking awesome, and you can play the first one and have it completed by the time the sequel drops. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to read off my Apple. I promise you mine's so much sicker this week, it's not even funny. Oh my god. No, mine is not sick. Mine is insulting, and Apple Music did this to me last week, too, and I wrote it off as kind of an anomaly, and then I pulled up this week's, and I'm like, what the fuck, Apple? What the fuck are you trying to say about me when this shows up as my favorites mix? I'm going to read off the first 10. I'm not even going to make it that far before Eric fucking pops into laughter here. Let's go 10 for 10, then. Okay. Song one for Doug. The Long Ships by Enya. Enya is a pretty common artist to see on a Doug mix. It is, and it's been the first song in my mix two weeks running. What's your number one? It's Cinco de Mayo by Liz Fair. Okay, that's a good tune. And thoroughly appropriate for May. It's probably actually in the mix because I listened to it on Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) That makes sense. The second song in my list is Drama by Erasure. Also not surprised, I've got Standing in the Rain by Husker Du. Oh my god, see, you're already 200% ahead. I love number three, although I don't remember the last time I listened to this song, All Out of Love by Air Supply. Oh, weren't we singing that on chat the other night? (laughs) Yes. I won't say I've never played it on my phone, but Air Supply was in my list last week too. Okay, well I got Civil Disobedience by Camper Van Beethoven after that. Jesus. Here's where things really go downhill, because... Everything up till now, I could go, okay, all right. So, yes, that's within the realm of possibility. Number four is I'm Gonna Miss You by Millie Vanilli. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? So, that dude, over time, obviously, you've listened to that, right? No. Does your family shared Apple Music account come into play here at all? Oh, yeah, because the boys are fucking spinning Millie Vanilli all the time. Or Nikki? No! Dude, I was trying to defend you. I might have played it, ironically, once in the last... Oh, God, how long has Apple Music been out? It's just not quite two years, right? It'll be like two years in September, October? Yeah, you convinced me to switch over. Yeah, two years ago, I think. I think I've maybe played that song once. Twice would be the most. And I'm in the car on the way to take Connor to school this morning. This comes on, and he just looks at me like, what the fuck, Dad? Well, you know that since we're not really uh, making the big bucks yet, that has to open this episode. <laughs> Plus, it, who's <laughs> is Millie Vanilli going to sue us or the two people that were actually singing? 
uh, no is probably the answer to all of those questions. What's your number four? The Act We Act by Sugar. Nice. So yours is awesome. Mine does start to pick up a little bit here. That's two mold songs in four songs, though. So my mix knows me. Your mix obviously knows you, too. It does. And I had a mold song in mine as well, but it doesn't show up until much later in the list. Five through ten are 100 Years by The Cure, which is the most emo song ever recorded by The Cure. I'm Not Calling You a Liar by Florence and the Machine. Okay. Un Agnès Sans Lumière by Arcade Fire, which is a great tune. Loving You Through It All by Ween. See? And This Is the World of Theater by The New Pornographers. So, again, it starts to salvage itself at some point. I had um, 10 Percenter by Frank Black. Punk Rock Girl by The Dead Milkman. And a Milkman tune shows up almost every week in my uh, in my mix, unless it's rap week. Let's go, Slam Dance! Alex Chilton by The Replacements. Slash Your Tires by Luna. And The Mighty KC by Four Squirrels. Four Squirrels. That's not one I'm familiar with, am I? No, you're not. And let me tell you why. It's a song that I heard in high school. And it's about Kurt Cobain's death. Oh. And I really liked it. It's a, it's a very, not I wouldn't say a catchy tune. It's kind of a sad tune. And so it came up recently in one of my Apple mixes. And I was like, oh my god, I haven't listened to that since fucking 1995 or whatever. And so I, of course, I googled the band. They all died in like some bus accident. I was like, well, fuck. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I, I was like, why haven't these guys done anything, man? Four Squirrels? That's a pretty good band name. Like, this song doesn't sound horrible. I mean, granted, there's a ton of one-hit wonders out there, but why didn't these guys do anything? Yeah, they fucking died. Oh. In the spirit of great band names and one-hit wonders, there was a song I heard in high school. The one alternative girl that really kind of turned me into the music that I listened to for the next 10 years. Her name is Emily Ritter. I can never thank her enough for turning me on to The Cure and Depeche Mode, Susie and the Banshees, Nine Inch Nails. She really set me on the path of my taste in music. But she had played this one song, and I'll never forget it. I can sing the whole fucking thing. It's called uh, Come All Over Your Fucking Face by a group called the Sperm Birds. I have never been able to find this online in any Google reference in anything. Like, I've gone deep. And you know, I know how to find stuff, except for Psych. When I go looking for it on the internet, I've never been able to find a mention of this band. It's a challenge I'm going to throw out to our fans to see if someone can help me unearth this little gem. Come all over your fucking face again by the sperm birds. I should note, sperm and birds, much like Leonard Skinner, are spelled with Y's. So it's important to get that fact right if you want to invoke a search on it. Dude, those guys were probably the band from your high school. Remember, I went to high school in Junction City, Kansas. We didn't have bands. Really? Because I, uh, I'm i also looking for a band from high school called uh, Butt Steak. Oh my god, that's great. And they used to play uh, this little skate park called The Ranch that got closed down. But it was an underage, you could buy Coke, uh, not Coca-Cola. You could buy <laughs> Cokes and shit like that. Like, they didn't have beer. But you could see bands when we were in high school, and there's a half pipe outside. It was a lot of fun. So you'd go out and fucking throw down a couple rails and then drop into the half pipe and listen to some punk rock? I could never skate well enough to this pipe, much less any half pipe. But this was like, this was awesome. If you would have seen it, you would have been impressed. Like, you had to climb up this fucker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a real half pipe. And then, yeah, they had a small little building where bands would play and that's where we would uh we'd hang out on the weekends but yeah butt steak dude they they rock my world butt steak and buzz oven both great bands all right well listeners if you can help us out here i'd appreciate it there's also something new that we're going to try this week and that's to get some feedback on the facebook page from the stuff eric and i have talked about in this episode i get a lot of direct responses from the listeners in facebook messenger I want to take that back to a public forum where everyone can engage on, again, the topics that we've discussed tonight. So uh, tell us what you think about Star Trek Discovery. Tell us what you think about Injustice 2. I'll start a couple of different threads. Please come and contribute. I'd love to hear not only what you have to say there, but I'd love uh, for other people to see it too so we can engage in some dialogue and everyone can participate. We're going to call it contributing. Um, the title's a work in progress, and we can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> contributing i can't even pronounce it but i already love it so but we probably won't call it that if doug has anything to say about it so you know what if you show up and you contribute maybe we'll change the name 
Let's get our pimp on. Okay. Are we laying the blame on luck? We're laying the blame on luck, and we need to talk about Cat for Kids, because we're going to do it every week. Okay. Until Rebecca tells me, stop talking about it, because we've got way too much money coming in, and I don't think that's ever going to happen, so we're going to keep talking about it. As always, links will be in the show notes. Hook your Amazon smile up. Cat for Kids will appreciate it. Kids with cancer will appreciate it. The families of kids with cancer will appreciate it. Nothing I I can't say more about Cat for Kids. Listen to previous episodes. Come on, guys. Donate to Cat for Kids. If you can't donate, do something nice. If you'd make Rebecca some cookies, she could turn that into charity gold. Seriously, this is how much we support Cat for Kids. So please, Amazon Smile is the easiest way you guys can get out there and make it happen without donating a single dime of your own money. You're going to buy shit from Amazon anyway. They're getting your cash. Let a little bit of it go to Cat for Kids. Rebecca will also be joining us for the other thing I want to talk about and get in front of people so they know about it enough ahead of time. The episode two, our second meeting of the regulators in Sean Patrick Fannin's Freedom Squadron will happen on June the 10th. And we will be live casting on the BitFace stream. Again, we'll throw it into the show notes. And I can't wait to make multiple staff jokes. I mean, Jesus, he's just laying them right across the middle of the plate. I'm excited. I've actually done a little role-playing research. I've read the Savage World rules. I bought dice, Doug. If that doesn't tell you how committed I am, I bought fucking dice. Well, if it's lost on anyone else, it won't be on any of your BitFace listeners or me. I love how committed you have become to this. I think it's a lot of fun. I think you're even having a great time and it's all in support of a couple of causes, again, that we really believe in. The fact that we're having a blast and learning some shit and meeting some great fucking people along the way is just icing on the cake. Yeah, I can't say that I wouldn't be role-playing even if it wasn't for a good cause, but I'm excited that I get to play a G.I. Joe-themed RPG. Sean is an amazing game master. We're spoiled is what we are, man. I mean, normally the Game Master would be our friend that we hung out with sometimes, but we didn't really like, and his name was probably Steve. But we have a really qualified Game Master that makes it its own experience, and that's what I really like about gaming with uh, SPF, and that's what I'm going to call him. I know, Big Irish, I like that. You're going to be SPF1 to us. SPF1. (laughs) Right? I love it. Oh, God, I love it. (laughs) I'm stoked that Rebecca's coming back to join us to do a little game. And and we're going to do a whole episode, too, about levels of humor. It's not insulting to anyone, but just how we all appreciate different things and different jokes and different things are funny to us. And it's fascinating. I wish I was smart enough to write about it because it it fascinates the shit out of me. Smart or motivated? Because I think you're smart enough. (laughs) I don't think I'm smart enough. I definitely would need a ghostwriter for some. Doug, I'm great with coming up with like the first idea on the page. But when it comes down to breaking it down to like the meat, I'm not very good with the meat. You are. I do have a way with the meat. And on that note, here at Project Challenge, we love all kinds of feedback and questions. You can find our email and Facebook details at projectchallenge.com. Follow us on Twitter at OGChallenge and drop a review for us on iTunes or the Play Store. Huge thanks to all the listeners, and until next time, stay challenged, and don't forget to bring a towel!